All right, Psalm 56. I know, I know without a shadow of a doubt, we're in perilous times, right? We're in fearful times. We're in times that would cause someone to be afraid. And I want to, I want to share just a thought this morning, something God has put on my heart about going from panic to praise, from panic to praise. We're going to talk about a man after God's own heart. And you say a man probably in the old Testament is about as close to God as a person could be. But this man had a time of panic, time of fear, a time when he was afraid. And uh, if, if David, the anointed, the, the song writer and song singer in the Old Testament uh, has times of fear, uh, that makes me feel pretty good, amen, that we're in good company, amen? Okay. Maybe this ain't the right one, Lord. Let's see, let's see. How many of y'all been afraid before? Okay, this is the right one. Psalm 56, verse number one. When you're there, say amen. Amen. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against me, O Most High. David saying, I'm, I'm oppressed, I'm outnumbered, and I'm overwhelmed. Verse 3, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God, I will praise his name, or excuse me, his word. In God, I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. He has a moment of spirituality, and now he goes back to his complaint. Every day they rest my words. They twist my words, he is saying. Has you ever, anybody ever twisted your words? All their thoughts are against me for evil. They gather themselves together. They hide themselves. They mark my steps when they wait for my soul. Shall they escape by iniquity in thine anger? Cast down the people, O God. Now he starts, he starts thinking about the Lord again. He said, thou tellest my wanderings. Put thou my tears in thy bottle. Are they not in thy book? When I cry unto thee. Then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know, I love this, for God is for me. In God will I praise his word. In the Lord will I praise his word. In God have I put my trust. I will not be afraid what man can do unto me. Thy vows are upon me, O God. I will render praises unto thee. Say that with me. I will... For thou hast delivered my soul from death, wilt thou not deliver my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of the living. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, thank you for your word. Thank you for the, oh, mercy, the wonderful, wonderful baptismal service we've already experienced. Thank you for those who are being saved. Thank you for those who are being obedient and following you in believer's baptism. Now, Lord, I feel weak today. I feel needy. I feel desperate for your touch. I need you to help me. I need you to, to, Lord, speak through me. I believe I have what you want me to say, but Lord, I need the strength to say it. I pray that you'll give me what I stand in need of, Lord. I pray by the Holy Spirit that you'll give me the words and an unction from glory. I pray that you don't let me say anything I shouldn't say, but Lord, don't let me forget anything I should. 
The Lord will praise you and thank you and give you glory for it all. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people say it. Amen. Amen. You may be seated. We are reading a poem. A poem from the psalmist David. It is, a, it is to the musician, it is a psalm or a song given about his experience in Gath, the city of Gath. Uh, the definition, it says, Jonath Elam Rekokum, which means a silent dove among the strangers or a silent dove that's far away. If you will read in Psalm 55, you'll find out that David was going through an anxious situation. He was going through a difficult, difficult time. And in Psalm 55, he said, oh, he got to feeling, he got to feeling so overwhelmed. He said, oh, that I had wings as a dove, that I would fly away and be at rest. The dove represents innocence. This is an innocent young man who is in a far country. Now, let me, let me kind of bring you up to speed so you can get the full benefit of this particular Psalm. David is a young man in his early 20s. He has been anointed king. He was minding his own business, not bothering anybody, not not doing anything, but minding his own business, watching his father's sheep. And he gets a call and says, come home. There is something that we need to do. Samuel is there. Y'all know the story. Samuel anoints him the next king. He said, don't look on the outside, but look on the heart. And we know that David is a man after God's own heart. Say amen. amen. He's anointed king. The spirit of God leaves Saul because of his foolishness and his disobedience. And the spirit of God comes upon David. And everything that David does, he does wisely. Everything that David does, he does well. He begins, listen, his his career, if you will, killing a giant. Say amen. Everybody knows that story. I'm not going to take the time. You know, David went into that valley when nobody else would. He stood up for God when nobody else would. He went and fought when nobody else would. He did what nobody else would do. Here he is. He killed the giant. Saul takes him in on his own. And there are times when Saul would be disturbed by an evil spirit. And and David would play on his heart to soothe Saul and to soothe Saul's spirit. And all he ever did was be good to Saul. Then one day when they were coming back from battle, when they were coming back from victory, they were coming into town and they began to celebrate the victory. And King, listen, King Saul and David was coming in and the women began to sing and the women began to praise and shout. And they begin to say, Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his 10,000s. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. That didn't sit too well with King Saul. King said, what can he have except for my kingdom? Here they are bragging on this young man more than their king. And he took it as an offense and he began a vendetta against King, or excuse me, against David. He threw a, he threw a spear at him several times trying to kill him. And David is now on the run. David, who did nothing but write, he did nothing but support King Saul. He did nothing but love Saul and do every command that he gave him. But now he's on the run. Now he's on the run from his own nation. He's on, on the run from his own kingdom. He's on the run from his own king. And now he's about to panic. Now here's the thing. How many of y'all know when you panic, you do some things you normally wouldn't do? 
And so David has, 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 he is fleeing now and he has run to the city of Gath. Now that should be familiar to you because Gath was the hometown of Goliath and his brothers. Now, you know, you know, if, if a man killed the hero of the city, the city's going to know who you are. But see, he's, he's, he's thinking in himself, maybe this will be the last place that Saul would look for me. Maybe I can go and, and, and pour myself on the mercy of King Achish of the Philistines and, and they will take me in. But it didn't turn out so well. When he got to Achish, listen, they recognized him. They recognized him and they captured him and took him to the king and said, is this not David who they said has killed his 10,000s? Is this not the one who killed our hero? Is this not the one who has caused us so much damage and so much pain? And they wanted to destroy him. And we know in the end, we know in the end, David had to fake being insane he began to act insane and just let spit drip down his, his beard and scratch on the walls like he was a madman. And, and, and because of that, the king said, man, get him out of my sight. And he escaped out of the situation. But in the midst of it, he was in danger. In the midst of it, he was in trouble. This psalm, this psalm represents that situation when he was in a life-threatening situation, if you will read, and I've read this psalm several, several times trying to get ready for today, but if you'll go home and read it and read it and read it, you'll start at the top and go to the bottom, and you will see a difference in his demeanor. You will see a difference in his mentality. You will see a difference in his attitude from the top to the bottom. In the very beginning, he said, oh, God. Oh God, have mercy on me. He's in danger. He's in, listen, he is risking his life. He, he, he is thinking I'm all this over with. And he says, oh God, have mercy on me. And then, then he says, when I'm afraid, when I'm afraid, I'm going to trust in him. And then if you keep reading, if you keep reading, he begins to sense God on him. Say amen. He begins to get some courage and he begins to develop something. And, and, and then by the time we get to chapter, verse 10 and 11, you'll find out he doesn't say when I'm afraid, then I will trust in him. He says, now I'm trusting in him. So I ain't going to be afraid. And it just goes from panic to praise. Now here's the thing over and over. We find the word praise. We find the word praise. Say it with me. We find the word Praise over and over. I will praise his word to God. I will praise his word to God. I will praise his word to the Lord. I will praise his word. I will render praises unto him. What did David found out? He found out that in your darkest hour, in the moment of panic, when you're afraid and you don't know what to do, when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you're feeling alone and attacked and overwhelmed, listen, that is the time you need to start praising. And I want to preach this morning just a little while on the subject from panic to praise. I don't like panic. Say amen. amen. I don't like anxiety. I don't like that feeling in my chest. I don't like to be afraid. I don't like fear. I, I don't like any of the emotions that come with that. I don't like it. I hate getting bad news and I hate getting the phone call. I hate all of these things. But I'm telling you what, there is something we can do about it. Amen. We can praise him. 
So I don't feel like praising. That's when you need to. That's when you need to. Let me tell you a couple of things about praise before we get to the outline. Number one, on the top of your notes, I want you to see this. Praise is a weapon. Praise is a weapon. David used this in his time of panic and fear. He said, I'm going to praise him. In the beginning, he says, when I'm afraid, I'm going to trust him and praise him. But then in verse, verse number 10 and 11, he said, I'm going to just trust him and not be afraid. Now, how many of y'all would like that attitude better? Amen. Praise is a weapon. I don't have time. I don't have time, but I encourage you to go back and read Second Chronicles chapter 20, the whole chapter. But I just put a few verses out of that chapter. This is a situation where the king, <clears throat> the king Jehoshaphat, has been surrounded by the enemy. A huge, huge army has come against him. An insurmountable foe has come against him and he's afraid. He doesn't know what to do. Second Chronicles chapter 20, verse 12. This is their cry. Oh, our God. Oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company. In other words, we don't have the ability to do what needs to be done. That cometh against us, neither know we ought what to do. How many of you have ever been in a place that you didn't have what it takes to do it and you didn't even know what to do if there was to do it? He said, we don't even know what to do. We don't know what to do. He says, but our eyes are upon thee. Amen. Keep on reading. You'll find God responds to him. Second Chronicles 20 verse 15. And he said, hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, read it with me. Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude for the battle. Oh, come on now. Help me for the battle is not, but read it again for the battle is not yours, but he said, this is not for you to worry about. This is not for you to contemplate. This is my job. This is my battle. This has come against you so you can see what I can do. Uh, uh. Watch this now. Okay, so what do we do? What do we do? We don't know what to do. We find out it's not our job. It's not our battle. It's not our problem. It's God's problem. So what do we do? Second Chronicles 20. Verse 21. And when he consulted with the people, he appointed... He appointed the special forces, the Green Berets, the Navy SEALs, the Army right now. No, none of them. He said, Jalen. I mean, there is a horde, a host of people outside of the gates that are wanting to kill you. And he calls the choir director. (laughs) He appointed singers unto the Lord. And that should praise the beauty of holiness. As they went out, where? where? Before the army. Uh, Can you imagine the choir director? Okay, let me get this straight. You want us in front of the man with the sword. All I got is a tambourine. They went before the army. And this is what this is what their weapon was. And to say, praise the Lord. Say it with me. Praise the Lord. Come on, say it with me. Say it again. When you're afraid, 
When you don't know what to do, when you feel like giving up, when you're ready to throw in the towel, for his mercy endureth forever. And when they begin to sing, and to the Lord set ambushments against the children of Ammon, Moab, Mount Seir, which were come against Judah, and they were smitten. You know what that means? That means when they begin to praise the Lord, they sent the choir in front of the special forces and they begin to sing unto God and begin to praise the Lord that God calls the enemy to start fighting themselves and kill each other. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying praise is a weapon. When's the last time that you got down in the mully groves? When's the last time you got into a place of fear and of panic and you said, I'm going to stop right here. I'm going to clear me off a spot and I'm going to start praising God. I don't know what to do. I don't even have it to do if I knew what to do, but I know he can and I know he is able. So I'm just going to stand here and praise. I don't have a weapon. I don't have anything but praise. So I'm going to sing praises unto God. I'm telling you, God will move in your situation. Count your blessings, name them one by one. Count your blessings, see what God has done. Somebody say amen. Listen, praise is a weapon. Not only is praise a weapon, but I want you to see number two, praise is an invitation. Praise is an invitation. Preacher, what do you mean? Psalm 22, three, but thou art holy. Oh, thou that, what's that word? Say it again. Oh, thou that inhabitest the praises of Israel. The word inhabit means to live or to dwell in, to occupy as a place of settled residence. Preacher, what are you trying to say? I'm trying to say some of y'all need to invite God into your situation. Now, how many of y'all have had a situation in the last few months that, 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 that it's beyond you? Come on, let's, let's see it. I don't know about y'all, but this COVID thing is a situation. This, this political thing that we see going on in our country is a situation. What we see in our nation, listen, we are seeing wickedness unparalleled in our generation. And never before have we seen what we're seeing today. I don't know about you, but we need to invite God into our situation. I've got issues and problems. I've got situations that I worry about. And I need to stop and take a breath and back up and say, oh God, I don't have what it takes, but I know that you do. So I'm just going to praise you and invite you into my situation. I don't know about you, but there's been times in my car, I've been feeling kind of gloomy and feeling kind of low. And I put a CD in there. I put some singing in there that I really like. And and man, I start praising him and thinking about God and it changes the whole atmosphere. You know why? Because I invited God into my situation. The problem with some of y'all is y'all going to bed with the devil. And I don't mean your spouse neither. You've been hanging out with the devil all week long. It's hard to cast him out when you're holding hands with him. Listen, you need to invite God into your situation. You need to step back. So how do I do that? Just step back and start praising. Just step back and start bragging. Just step back and start giving him glory and honor. And listen, all that he deserves because he's worthy of our praise. And I'm going to tell you, God will show up. Listen, it, praise is a weapon. Praise is an invitation. Also, praise is a diversion. Praise is a diversion. Preacher, what do you mean a diversion? I don't know if you know what a diversion means. It means to divert. It means to go a different direction. 
Y'all with me? Say it with me. Go a different direction. Now, preacher, what do you mean? In this particular chapter, in this particular chapter, you'll find, you'll find the word God found 10 times. Say that with me. Oh, y'all get with me. I'm I'm trying to hurry, but y'all are so slow. Help me now. The word God is found in some form. It's nine times God and one time Lord, but it's the same person. Are y'all with me? You know how many times the word enemy is found? Two. You know what? You know what God's trying to tell us? Get your eyes off your enemy. Get your eyes off your problem. You see, we we are looking at God through our problem when you need to be looking at your problem through your God. Let me say that again, because y'all didn't pick it up the first time. You need to quit looking at God through your problem and start looking at your problem through God. And you will see that it ain't a problem. We get our, our mind and our thoughts so focused on what's wrong that we forget what's right. And if we would just say, wait a minute, wait a minute. I need to sing right now. I need to praise right now. I need to glorify God right now. You'll start thinking about God. You'll start thinking about his goodness. You'll start thinking about his ability. You'll start thinking about his power. You'll start thinking about his promises. You'll start thinking about his blessing. And man, the more you think about God, the bigger he gets and the less your problem gets. I tell you what some of y'all need to do. Y'all need to turn Facebook off and put in a good CD. My brother's a very wise person. He despises any form of social media whatsoever. He said, I don't understand why grown people want to get on something and share their business with everybody in the world. I don't care what you had for dinner. That's his exact words. And you know, I'm thinking, well, come on, that ain't all that bad. And you know what? He has so much peace in his life. I mean, so much peace in his life. You know why? Because he ain't reading everybody else's garbage that they're puking up on that social media. And the problem with us is, is that's all we ingest. And we wonder why we're panicking. Just as soon as somebody posts a statistic, we go nuts. But you don't even realize that they made that statistic up before they typed it. Bonjour. Somebody's like, Bonjour, what does that mean? You never saw the commercial, I see. You need to divert your attention off of your problem and start thinking about your Savior. You see, the beginning of this chapter, David's all focus is on who's got him captured and what's going to happen. And all he talks about is those that have overwhelmed him and those who have outnumbered him and what they're, they're twisting my words and they're going to swallow me up. And then his focus gets on the Savior and on his God. Are y'all with me? Say amen. amen. See, praise is a diversion. Now, let me give you the three points real quick. I got 16 minutes to do this and I got it. I, we can do it. I know what you're thinking. That's why I put this. You're saying, what do I got to praise him about? Well, if you don't know by now, you need to get saved. I shouldn't even have to give you a list, but I'm going to. But the Bible says that. All right, let's, here we go. Here we go. Y'all ready? Here we go. You ready? Let's take a deep breath. 
One more time, just so I know you're alive. That right there is reason to praise. Let all that has do what? You know what that means? Even sinners should praise. An atheist ought to get up in the morning and praise who he don't even believe in. Yeah. Every April fools. That's his holiday. Because the Bible says a fool has said in his heart, there is no God. He just get up and say, thank you, Lord, for giving me one more day. But I'm going to give you some reasons that David gave. Look what he says. Number one. Number one, David is, David is in his situation and he's in a place of fear. And then he starts thinking, he says, to God, will I praise his, what's that? His word. Now his word is a promise. His word is a promise. His word is something that he has given to David, and you say, preacher, what is it? What promise would David have? You got to remember, David's anointed. David has got the anointing oil on him. God said, David, you will be Israel's next king. Now, what does that tell me? He is bulletproof till God's through with him. If God said he was going to be king, bless God, I don't care what kind of situation he's in, he's going to be king. He doesn't got a word from God. Number one, I should praise him because of his promises to me. First Kings eight fifty six. Blessed be the Lord that hath given rest unto his people Israel, according to all that he what? All that he there hath not failed one word of all his good which he promised by the hand of Moses. What, is, what does that mean? It just means God did what he said he was going to do. Joshua 21, 45, there failed not all any good thing which the Lord had spoken unto the house of Israel. All, how much? All. all came to pass. Joshua 23, 14, and behold this day, I am going the way of my, uh, the way of all the earth. Joshua said, I'm fixing to die. But you know in all your hearts and in all your souls that want not one thing. Not one thing has failed of the good things which the Lord your God spake concerning you. All are come to pass with you and not one thing hath failed thereof. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying that we should clear off a spot and clear our lungs and shout to the top of our lungs that God is good and his mercy endureth forever because every promise that he gave us has come to pass and will come to pass. If God said it, it is so. He said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. I will be a refuge and strength and a very present help in trouble. I'll be a light in your darkness. I'll be a bread to your hunger. I'll be living water to your thirst. And everything he has said has come to pass. Amen. I'll supply all of your need according to my riches and glory. Listen, you're to praise God for his promises. You say, I don't know no promises. That's because you ain't gotten his word because his word's full of them. I'm going to tell you, let me just be honest with y'all. Some of y'all are in a state of panic because you don't know your Bible. You haven't read it. 
You haven't spent time in it. You haven't saturated your mind in it. The reason that the psalmist had peace, it says, great peace have they which love thy law and nothing shall offend them. And you don't have no peace because you don't know his law. Some of y'all need to turn the TV off, turn social media off and get your Bible and sit down and find some promises that you can relate to. Find some promises that you can hang your hat on. Find some promises that you can anchor to in this time of difficulty. Because I got news for you. I've got news for you. Between COVID and all the, the natural disasters, all of the political chaos, it's not going to get any better. We're leading up to the return of Christ and the Bible says it will be like labor pains. And I don't know if you understand this or been in a labor delivery room. I have multiple times. And they get more severe and they get closer together. So don't, don't think, don't think, oh, it's going to get better. Let's just hang. No, no, no. We need, we need to learn how to praise because if you don't learn how to praise, sister, you're going to panic. And all God's people say it. He's our praise his word. Thank God he had a word. He had a word. He had a promise from God. Number two, I'm going to praise him because of his promises to me. Say that with me. His. Everybody say his. Number two, I'm going to praise him because of his focus on me. His focused on me. <clears throat> I love this. David begins to think about God. David begins to think about his time in the wilderness, his time when God was with him against the lion and God was with him against the bear and God was with him against the giant. God helped him escape from the javelin thrown by Saul. And in verse number eight, he said, thou tellest my wonderings. The word tell us means to scribe, to score, to mark down, to keep tally or a record. Preacher, what are you saying? Every difficulty David went through, God was keeping a record. God was writing it down. He says, put my tears in thy bottle. I didn't know this. I didn't know this, but there was a custom there was a custom when they made little, little fancy little bottles and they would, they would take and capture the tears of grieving people, mourning people, people going through difficult times, people going through hard times, especially like in a death. And they would, they would capture those bottles and they would take them to the grave of their loved one and pour on that grave, showing them that they care. And that's what that is in reference to. How many of y'all are glad that God captures every tear you shed? God is focused on you. God is watching you. He is writing it all down. There is nothing that's happened in your life that God does not know. God is aware of your situation. He's aware of your pain. He's aware of your fear. He's aware of your discouragement. He's aware of your despair. Psalms 139 says this, O Lord, thou hast searched me and known me. Thou knowest my down sitting and my uprising. Thou understandest my thought afar off. Thou compassest my path and my lying down. In other words, you just surround me and art acquainted with all my ways. For there is not a word in my tongue, but, O Lord, thou knowest it altogether. Thou hast beset me behind and before. He says, if I go backwards, that's where you're at. If I go forwards, that's where you're at. You just laid your hand upon me. How many of y'all are glad God's got his focus on you? 
God's got his focus on you. It's kind of like when we was, we was kids and playing and it, it, it's, it's that way today. I don't know, is Unc, is Unc Lawrence, is, is, is Donnie, Donnie Lawrence in this service? He, he might come to the second service. Oh, there he is. There he is. Little Carter. I saw little Carter. He was out on that field. And first thing you want to do is make sure Unc was there. Am I right? Listen, what? We want to make sure they're, they're watching. You know, sometimes I feel, I feel like little Carter. I'm walking around. And I said, Lord, do you know what's going on? Lord, do you, do you, are you seeing what's happening? Do you see what's going on? Do you see what I'm hearing? Do you see what I'm seeing? And you know what? There's never a time in my life. There's not a day goes by that God's eye is not on me. He said, God's eye is on the sparrow and you're much better than the sparrow. God's eye is on you. God's eye will never be off of you. There'll never be a situation that you'll go through that God has not got his eye on you. He will not be distracted. He doesn't have a cell phone that's going to distract him. He doesn't, he doesn't have a big enough problem that's going to, listen, take up his time. There's not a problem too big. I'm glad to know that God is big enough that no matter how many millions of people are looking toward him, he is looking toward them. I love the story of the disciples out in that boat. The Bible said Jesus sent them and he went up into the mountain to pray. I've been up to that mountain. I've been there. Listen, I've been there where it was and I've been out on the sea. And you know what I found out about that? In both of those places, I've been where Jesus was up on the mountain and I've been where those disciples was out on that sea. When you're out on that sea in the storm, you can't see who's up in that mountain. But when you're up on that mountain, you can see who's in the storm. And if you're ever, oh, hallelujah. If you're ever in a storm, you might not can see him, but honey, he can see you. David is praising him, not just for his promises, but David is praising him because God's focus was on David. Even as a dove, a lonely dove, a lonely, innocent victim in a foreign land, God still had his eye on David. Not only that, number three, and we'll, we'll close. Number one, we should praise him. We should praise him, number one, because of his. Everybody say it. Number one, because of his. Number two, because of his. Number three, because of his support of me. Because of his support of me. I'm going to just tell you this. I'm not even going to preach it. It don't even need preaching. It just needs saying. When I cry unto thee, verse nine. Verse nine, are you there? When I cry unto thee. Then shall mine enemies turn back. This I know. He didn't say this I hope. He said this I know. Read it with me. For God is for me. Say it again. Say it again. Some of y'all said God and some of y'all said for God. So either way, it is correct. God supports me. What does it mean to be for somebody? It means you support them. You're behind them. You know what? That's just a, that's just a King James way of God saying, I got you back. I got you. Psalm 124, 2. Psalm 124, 2, it says, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side. (laughs) If it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, 
Then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. So if it had not been. Psalms 118.6, the Lord is on my side. I will not fear what man can do unto me. Say, so, oh, that's Old Testament. Let's, let's try the New Testament. Romans 8.31, what shall we say? What shall we then say to these things? Say it with me. If God be for us. Say it again. One more time. Fairview, say it loud. Here we go. Now let's say it this way. Let's say it this way. If God be for us, what can be against us? I tell you, nay. Nay. That's King James for nada. In, 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 as a South Florida cracker, we'd say, nary thing. My grandma would say, not nary thing could come against you. Are y'all with me? Don't act surprised. Y'all know I'm a redneck. We are more than conquerors. Not death, nor life, nor persecution, no peril, no sword can come against any of God's children. Why? He's got our back. I got you. I got you. God's for me. See, I want you to see something significant here. There are two names that David gives, and everybody look at me. Everybody look at me. I'm almost done. I, I, got, I got a minute and 59 seconds. He uses two names, God and Lord. God is the Hebrew word Elohim. Elohim, that's universal. That means a higher power. But Lord is the word Jehovah. That is the covenant name. That is the name only people in covenant with God can make. And he's saying he's not only my God, but he's my Lord. He's not only a higher power, but he is in covenant with me. Now, preacher, why is that significant? Because he is everybody's God, but he's not everybody's Lord. He is not your Lord till you are in covenant with him. I've heard, I've heard people say this erroneously. I've, I've seen him posted on social media. Well, we are all God's children. That's a lie. We are not all God's children. We are all God's creation. But you are not in the family till you're born again. You're not in the family till you're adopted into the family. He may be your God, but my concern, is he your Lord? There are tons of people that are, since we've been in this series about a story and knowing for sure, let your calling election be sure. They're finding out he might be my God, but he's not my Lord. Because if I made a profession and my life didn't change and it's not different, then listen, I was still the boss and he's not in charge. He's not in covenant with you. Do he, you, hey, hmm. 
Oh, but I believe in God. So do the demons. They fear and tremble. Much unlike a lot of people I know. It's not even afraid of God and cursing God and taking God's name in vain and just just making fun of God. I seen, I seen, I seen, which just probably don't mean nothing, but it, squirrel. There's a UFC fighter named Conor McGregor who beat the dog out of everybody he faced. Just arrogant, cocky little fella. And then there's a, they showed us, they showed a, a, a clip of him mocking God, just making fun of God. And you know what's happened ever since that video? He's got the devil beat out of him. I mean, I, the last time he was just standing there and his leg broke and fell over. You don't believe me? Look it up. There's people that don't even fear God. Listen, you might believe in God, but are you in covenant with him? Have you surrendered and submitted your life to him? Are you calling him Lord? The Bible says in Romans chapter number 10, if we will confess him Lord, if we will believe in our heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. I'm not asking if you're religious. I'm not asking if you go to church. I'm saying, are you in covenant with him? Or can you only call him Elohim, a higher power? You see, it's like that lady at that that desk in the in the in the air, in the in the in the in the, in the mm, motel in Atlanta. I said, "Ma'am, is there anything I can pray for you?" So I believe in a higher power. You know what she's saying? I believe in Elohim. I believe there's a higher power. I said, "I do too. I believe in a higher power, and I believe his name is Jesus, Jehovah." I just happen to be in covenant with him. Can you leave and say Jehovah? Maybe that's why you're panicking. Maybe that's why all these things are happening and you're just about to go into a panic attack because you don't have the Prince of Peace in here. Do you know him? Because if you know him, you need to start praising him. When you feel the panic coming, you need to start praising him. You need to start praising him. And I'm telling you, praise will be a weapon that will make the devil run. And all God's people say it.